Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Uh, he says that 
York, people are feeling real safe and things are orderly. Well, crime has started soaring through the roof since 2020. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know where his barometer is, but uh, there was a brunch where Merrick, Merrick, Mayor Eric Adams was talking to the people, and, you know, they accused him of, you know, really trying to sell New York into a different reality than what really exists, you know? So I don't know. I mean, would you want to tell people that New York isn't what it really is when it really is what it really is? A whole lot of people are not feeling this behavior at all. I don't know, y'all. I don't know. Well, one of the biggest conversations was the Dear Abby uh, advice column where the woman asks, hey, is this the strike three after my husband has told me and shown me that he does not want to be faithful. Now, initially, the husband told the wife that he was not going to be faithful to her. But don't worry, nobody wants him anyway, so she had nothing to worry about. She's found him on several websites, such as a website that, you know, for women or men who were married and wanted to cheat. Well, really, over and over and over again, he has proven he does not want to be faithful, and she should know if she should stick around because this just might not be the time. (sighs) I don't know. I say go back and listen and find out what the due time crew told her she should have done. I don't know. What else did we talk about yesterday? Well, we did talk about the the biggest turnoffs that men have for women. Well, what about smoking? Yeah, they said that when they took this survey, smoking, was the highest thing on the list, and it had been repeated over and over and over again. Now, I'm sure there are other things that men are turned off on or or about, but I don't know. You know, I don't think it's it's very ladylike to be smoking a cigar. Do men really feel like women are sexy or attractive when they smoke cigars or blunt? Baby. I don't know. I don't know. Well, what about being unhealthy? Men said that women who don't eat vegetables, uh, I don't know. Well, listen, the fact of the matter is we're going to have to realize that there are just going to simply be some turn-offs and some turn-ons 
for not just men but for women as well. And, you know, the the uh, statement was made that, you know, we need to just focus on God and make sure that we channel all of our energy and our habits into the things that would make us more godly, things that be, would be more attractive to God, and that's where we need to set our sights on. And I agree 150%. However... I do say, I do say that we do need to pay attention to the things that, you know, again, the opposite sex would not quite be interested in. There are things that turn the opposite sex off, and those things are really valid, you know. Again, such as the the smoking, such as, you know, being unhealthy, you know, there were some other things that were actually on the list that we did not get to. And one of the things was grandma, and I, I think I'm going to go back to that conversation today just to see what the due time crew feels. But I, I got to tell you, you know, as much as we want to believe that, you know, just a life with Christ is all that really should matter. We do have to be realistic and we have to understand that there, we do have to make ourselves appealing, not just to the opposite sex, but don't we want to live a decent life? Smoking is killing you. Why would you want to smoke anyway? But whether we feel it's, you know, healthy or not, because that kind of falls under two different categories. The fact of the matter is, if we're killing ourselves, that's really kind of showing that we really don't care about ourselves. Now, do you not date a person because they smoke or because they don't want to eat a vegetable? Or are we going to make the attempt to be in a person's life with the possibility of helping them turn their life around in certain areas. And, and again, let's be realistic. Isn't this what we do? Isn't this what we do? There are things that, you know, we are going to have to understand. You know, we're going to have to kind of, you know, jump on the bandwagon with God to try to help this person turn this behavior around. We're not going to find anybody who's perfect. At all. And again, I didn't reach for those little fickle, stupid things, such as, you know, some one thing on this list was short hair. I'm not worried about whether you like short hair or not, because the day that short hair is no longer in, am I going to have to worry about jumping through those hoops to try to make you happy? So, you know, there's a lot of things to consider when we're dating when we're out here trying to, you know, make ourselves appealing, you know, for the opposite sex. And again, <laughs> excuse me, I do have to admit, you got to think about this stuff. You have to think about this stuff. You cannot dismiss this at all. All right? So, you know, let's get our our thinking broad and understand that we have to make sure 
that our relationship with God is correct. We have to make sure that we are living our life for ourselves. And there are reasons why we need to keep ourselves together. We need to improve on a consistent basis. And then we do need to consider that, you know what? If I am on the market, I got to give them something to attract myself to them and them to me. All right? Woo, that's kind of broad. I'm so glad. Lord knows I'm so glad I ain't out here looking. Ooh, baby. Well, today is Therapeutic Thursday. And we are going to talk about our health today and some other stuff. But today is the day we talk about our little health tips and how we're going to make ourselves better. And, you know, I'm going to give you an opportunity to go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. Five tips for protecting your child's eyes. Spend time outdoors. Regular outdoor activity can reduce the chance a child will become short-sighted. Studies suggest around two hours of outdoor time each day is ideal to help protect your child's vision. Put screens away at bedtime. Using mobile phones or tablet devices directly before bed can interfere with sleep. It is a good idea to switch off devices an hour before turning in for the night. Protect eyes from the sun. Good quality sunglasses help to protect a child's eyes by blocking out harmful UV rays. Eat a healthy diet. Eating five portions of fruit and vegetables each day helps keep eyes healthy. Vitamins found in oily fish and green leafy vegetables are particularly beneficial for your eyes. Book a sight test. Children under the age of 16 are eligible for an NHS-funded sight test and financial help towards the cost of glasses or contact lenses. Children should be seen by an optometrist around the age of 3. After this, it is a good idea to take them for a sight test every two years or as often as is recommended by the optometrist. Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Therapeutic Thursday. Ah, The day we talk about our health. Yeah. And giving God thanks that we are on this side of the week. You know, others didn't make it, but we did. And we're in our right frame of mind. We may not be all the way there, but giving God thanks again that we have enough to at least focus, you know, give God thanks, chat with God. You know, there are some people who are living with, a serious level of depression 
confusion, unhappiness, you know, with grief. And if we can tune in on our own and just kind of function at this level, even if there's something going on with you, but do you realize a lot of people can't even do this much? So there's always something to be grateful for because no matter what state we're in, we're always in the middle of life. Yeah, there's always somebody better and there is always someone worse. You know, and the Bible tells us to rejoice during times of trials and tribulations because it builds endurance, perseverance, It just, you listen, the bottom line is if you can go one day, you know, well, we can make it another day. So it builds a whole lot of stuff. All righty? All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining me this morning. And I want to get this party started. Now, I saw this list, and I have to apologize in advance because I don't White, remember, it looks vaguely familiar, but I don't quite remember whether we've talked about this already. So if we have, just, you know what, use it as God's way of saying, I'm just reminding you of this particular uh, listing. Okay. Well. For those of us who drink coffee, and we have to have that coffee, hmm, they say drinking coffee at the same time you take your medication may affect how well that medication may work for you. Okay? They reported after doing a great deal of research that coffee significantly affects the absorption, distribution, metabolism, and excretion of many drugs. So, get those pens and papers out if you don't already have it. I always tell you, come to the broadcast with some you know, some tools like a pen and a paper because you never know when you may have to take some notes. And if you take medication and drink coffee, even if you don't take it at the same time, yeah, you need to get this list together, all right? All right, ready? So, if you take thyroid medication, they say if you have hypo, that's H-Y-P-O, hypothyroidism, your thyroid gland, a butterfly-shaped gland at the front of your neck is not producing enough thyroid hormone, and this can cause weight gain, dry skin, joint pain, hair loss, and irregular menstrual periods. Well, many people are prescribed 
Now, I'm going to spell it for you. Ready? Levo, L-E-V-O, Thyro, T-H-Y-R-O, Zine, X-I-N-E. Levo, Thyroizine. Okay? Or other thyroid medications to help balance out the hormones. And studies show that drinking coffee at the same time as taking your thyroid medication can reduce how much of your medicine is absorbed by your body, making the medicine less effective for you. And it's not a small effect, they say. Patient case reports show that coffee can even reduce the absorption of thyroid medicine by more than half. So what are they saying? Man, you are pretty much not even getting your thyroid medication. So do not take it with your coffee, okay? Cold or allergy medication. Wow. Okay. Medications for colds or allergies are used by millions of people, and they often contain central nervous system stimulants. Coffee is also stimulant, so washing your allergy med down with coffee may increase symptoms like restlessness and the inability to sleep. Some allergy meds should not be taken with coffee as it can overstimulate your central nervous system, increasing the symptoms of restlessness. And they say it's always a good idea to ask your healthcare provider for advice regarding the combination of coffee and cold or allergy meds. Okay? Wow. Diabetes medication. All right? If you mix your coffee with sugar or milk, that could lead to a spike in blood sugar and impact how well your diabetes meds work. In addition to that, studies show that caffeine may worsen symptoms for people with diabetes. um, Drinking anything with caffeine, like coffee, could raise your insulin and blood sugar levels. And they say a study was small, so research is still needed, but the researchers warned that drinking too much caffeine could make it more difficult to manage blood sugar and eventually raise the risk of diabetes complications. Wow. Diabetes and prediabetes, very common, okay? So with increasing numbers, they say that this is why more people are taking diabetes meds, but... With the number of people who are drinking coffee, they've really got to sound the alarm on this. Okay? Ooh, this is deep. Alzheimer's meds. Okay, they say that Alzheimer's medications like, okay, don't, Donna Pezil, let me spell it because I'm sure I'm not pronouncing this properly, 
D-O-N-E-P-E-Z-I-L, D-O-N-E-P-E-Z-I-L, Gala, Gallon to mean, I know I'm not saying that right, G-A-L-A-N-T-A-M-I-N-E, Galantamine, that's probably how you say that one, they're affected by caffeine, ooh, okay, the caffeine in coffee tightens up the blood-brain barrier and can decrease how much of the drug makes it to your brain. Alzheimer's medications work by protecting the neurotransmitter and drinking high amounts of coffee has been shown to impair that protective effect. Wow. Oh, my goodness gracious. I really hope you all are taking notes. If not for you, for someone else. All right? Asthma medication. Okay? Now, they say many people with asthma take bronchodilators during a flare-up. And bronchodilators work by relaxing the airways, making it easier to breathe but they come with side effects like headache, restlessness, stomach pain, and irritability. While drinking coffee or other drinks high in caffeine can increase your risk of these side effects, coffee can also reduce how much of the medication is absorbed and useful to your body. Wow. Osteoporosis medication. Okay. So we all know that osteoporosis makes your bones thin and fragile, increasing your risk of bone fracture. Well, they say that drugs that you take for osteoporosis and uh, that prevent and treat it should not be taken at the same time as coffee because it makes the drug less effective, it is recommended that you take these medications before eating or drinking anything and only wash the pill down with plain water. This will allow your body to maximize the full amount of the medication. And when you drink coffee with these types of medications, their effectiveness can be reduced by more than half. Wow, another medication uh, that's really reduced to 50%. Antidepressants, okay? They say coffee can affect how your body uses antidepressant medications, certain drugs, like amitriptyline, and I've taken that before, can be metabolized differently if you drink coffee at the same time, especially large amounts of coffee. 
Also, it can reduce the amount of medication that is absorbed by your body. Alrighty. Now, remember now, a lot of these medicines have cross-purposes. Um, so, like certain, like this is, uh, this is like an antidepressant, the amitriptyline, but it's also used for uh, muscle relaxers. It's also a muscle relaxer. Okay, so be careful of what you take. Okay, they say that studies show that certain uh, medications for antidepressants uh, in particular has been found to enhance the usual side effects of caffeine and this can cause symptoms like insomnia and heart palpitations. So it's best to take your medication and hold off on the coffee for a while. Okay. Blood pressure med. All right. Now, many people take blood pressure medications like Verapamil or Propanol. Let me spell it for you. V-E-R-A-P-A-M-I-L. And I know I didn't say this last one, right? P-R-O-P. R-A-N-O-L-O-L. Okay? So, when they say these particular meds work by slowing down your heart rate, that means that your heart doesn't have to work as hard to pump blood to all of your body cells. However, drinking coffee at the same time as taking the blood pressure medications can cause less of the medicine to be absorbed by your body. You may not get the full benefit of the medication. So talk with your health provider about how, how to time your pills and your morning cup of coffee. All right? And one other is melatonin. Okay, so melatonin, they say, is a natural hormone that your body makes, which helps you feel sleepy at night. Oh, boy. Coffee works as a stimulant, making you feel more awake. So they say the caffeine in coffee does the exact opposite job, excuse me, that melatonin does. It can make you more alert. It can make it hard to fall asleep. Drinking coffee can inhibit melatonin production in your body and make the hormone less effective, okay? They say if you take melatonin at the same time as drinking coffee, they could cancel each other out. Wow. So if you drink coffee and you take any of the meds, that we've just mentioned, and I will go back and read them really quickly. Thyroid medication, cold or allergy medication, diabetes medication, Alzheimer's medicine, asthma medication, osteoporosis medication, antidepressants or muscle relaxers, blood pressure meds, 
and melatonin. Please do not take it at the same time, even listing that some of those meds need to be um, addressed to your uh, health provider and letting them know that you drink coffee and get that timing together. All righty? All righty. So what are we talking about today? Wow. We have, you know, talking about taking stuff and you don't know what you're taking and the effect that it has possibly on your body. That's why I say, you know, everybody takes everything, but you don't know how it's going to affect your body. A young lady out in Tennessee, 16 years old, was given a gummy laced, uh, a gummy, excuse me, a gummy laced with marijuana by a fellow student, 18 years old, and they say that he gave it to her in the cafeteria, and after she ate the gummy, the young lady um, told her, I mean, the guy told the young lady that it was marijuana and started laughing. Well, the 16-year-old um, said that, you know, she started getting hot and she began to feel faint and they had to rush her to the emergency room and thank God that she was able to you know, bounce back. They said she really panicked and she was saying, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. That's how bad she began to face, um, to feel. And the young man is now arrested. And think about it again, he's 18 years old. So you're going to face something a little bit different. Now, he is being charged with giving adulterated candy or food to another individual. Again, you know, these ages make the difference. And, you know, if remember I said to you, if you notice now, they are coming up with a whole lot of different charges. Listen, I am 56 years old, and I ain't never heard of nothing talking about giving, unadul- I'm sorry, giving adulterated candy or food to someone and what's happening is as time goes on you know they are going to have to up this stuff people are doing too much so the charges are going to definitely begin to shift and you know what good for his behind because when you gave it to her and you started laughing that meant that it was you know what I want to see exactly how she responds to this. So, you can't mess with people. You don't know what happens. You know what? One person takes it, and they're okay. Another person takes it, they're not okay. So, you know what? I hope they charge his behind, and he gets some time, because that could have cost her her life. All righty? Well, mm, mm, mm. You have this pregnant woman 
who is accused of stealing alcohol, uh, shot dead by police, a 21-year-old pregnant young lady out in Ohio. Boy, I'm sure she didn't think this was going to turn out to be what it was. Takia Young was expecting her third child, 21 years old, when cops in uh, Columbus ended up shooting her fatally through the window of her car in a Kroger parking lot. And neither her nor the baby survived. So what they said happened was the police were sitting in the parking lot and they were helping someone who was having car problems when one of the store employees went over to them and told them that um, uh, Miss Young, as well as some other people, had stolen some alcohol from the store. And some of the other people fled. They had fled already by the time the cops, you know, approached the store. And she got into her car. And when they approached her, one on each side of the car, they asked her to, you know, get out of the car and turn it off. And instead of doing that, they say that she accelerated. And she tried to actually, so they say, accelerate the car directly at one of the officers who at that time was standing in front of the car. So they say that in response, he fired a single gunshot through the window, and they ended up uh, running behind the car, yeah, because it kept going. It jumped the curb and crashed into a brick wall, and she ended up passing away, and... uh, the medical aid that they provided, it just unfortunately did not um, help. And, again, now look at this mess here. Look at this mess. Oh. So you have somebody who says, and I, they said her grandmother says, you didn't have to shoot the woman. She would have eventually gotten out of the car you didn't have to kill her and the baby. Now, somebody else is saying from the anti-violence group Mothers of Murdered Columbus Children, at a vigil, they said, young people make mistakes, but because I make mistakes, I should learn from them and not die from them. When I hear that shoplifting now equates with losing your life and you're pregnant, that deserves outrage. Now, as I'm surveying this article, one of the things that I'm surprisingly I'm surprisingly not reading is them saying that they fired um I would say maybe unnecessarily, in a sense, 
or they're not, or they, I don't hear them saying, or any, I'm not reading anyone saying that it really didn't happen the way they claim it, it happened. And I don't know about you, but that I'm finding more disturbing. Because generally we're hearing that the police are lying, that the story didn't go the way they said it did, and a person ends up hurt or dead. I'm not hearing that. I'm reading, and I quote again, young people make mistakes and you shouldn't uh, die from the mistakes. I'm reading, you didn't have to shoot the woman, you should have, she would have eventually gotten out of the car, you didn't have to kill her and the baby, now I'm sorry, I'm having a problem with this, listen, I have said to y'all over and over and over again, I'm not raising no picket signs for Shantice, Jornice, or Tamaja, when you do wrong, guess what happens? You run the risk of anything happening. Now, this doesn't sound like, you know, there was too much, you know. I, I don't know if I would be standing in front of a car and I'm not going to draw my gun. Nah, nah, I'm not saying he should have and I'm not saying he shouldn't have. I'm just saying if I'm standing in front of a car and you are accelerating your car and I'm standing in front of it, Listen, then you cannot dictate what happens because that can be looked at as you trying to kill a person with your car. Vehicular manslaughter, vehicular homicide. Listen, I hate to hear this happen. You are tw- you were 21 years old. You know, you are pregnant with your third child. That means that not only is your young life gone, but the life of your unborn child, the life, the, now that you have two little lives that have to live without their mother. And like I said, you know, somebody might say, well, you had enough time to draw a gun. You had enough time to get out the way. What I'm saying is I'm not saying that he should or she should have drawn a gun. But what I'm saying is, I can't say what I would have or would not have done had you been coming to me accelerating the car. And that was foolish. Because like I said, not one of these accounts say, or not one of these comments say, that didn't happen. You know, people who were standing there said that that wasn't the truth. They don't have none of that. They don't have any of that. And and that, to me, is the saddest part, that they can't say that these officers were at a complete, uh, were at complete fault here. That, that there, oh, boy, I tell you. Now, here's a story that I thought was really interesting. So you have this Florida chemistry student. Boy, you are in big trouble. Now, you have this couple, one, the wife being pregnant. They moved into their new condo in Tampa 
in June of 2022. They were warmly welcomed, they say, by other residents in the building. They say shortly after Abdullah, which is the male, began receiving texts from his disgruntled downstairs neighbor, a seemingly regular guy, they say, who complained about losing sleep and hearing the toilet seat move. They say after months of quarreling, Abdullah said he and his wife and their daughter started feeling dizzy and vomiting. He said, I looked at my daughter, and her eyes were full of tears, but she wasn't crying, but her eyes were full of tears. They say a friend first noticed the chemical smell while retrieving a package for Abdullah while he and his wife were away on vacation. So when they returned, Abdullah said he noticed an odor that he described as more obnoxious than nail polish remover. So they called the air conditioning company. They didn't find any problems. They called the plumber, who also found nothing wrong with the water heater, where they thought the smell was coming from. So his landlord replaced the heater and even had the air ducts and vents cleaned, but the chemical kept um, persisting. So they said Abdullah even called the fire department, but they, they did their test and nothing was revealed. He said, I never thought after all of this that uh, anything was going on because they couldn't figure out what was happening. But they said that, um, <laughs> they said that the, the, the issue kept persisting. So they say he searched his doorway he found a small crack in the corner. So they suspected that the neighbor had done something, so they set up a hidden camera outside the door. When the daughter became sick again, he said he checked the footage, and it showed that this neighbor, who they had been arguing with, crouching down outside the door, but they couldn't tell what he was doing. And they said when they got a better look from the, after adjusting the camera, after the daughter became ill again, they showed him with a syringe. He filled it with liquid and then injected the liquid into the crack of the door frame. And he immediately got his family out of the house. They called the cops, and they ended up arresting this uh, student, this chemistry student, who, after they did the testing, with a hazmat suit now, because now, remember now, they're getting sick. There was a liquid chemical agent that contained methadone 
and hydrocodone. Both are opioid pain medications. Now, he's listed as a doctoral chemistry student at uh, the University of Southern Florida. And they said that he had not been enrolled since the summer of 23. And uh, they released him on bond, which is beyond my understanding why you would even do that. But they say, yeah, he's facing charges. And Abdullah and his family have a separate lawsuit going. And... uh, they thank God the little girl did not have any lasting, or at least for right now, any lasting um, uh, effects, and she just celebrated her first birthday. Now, it's really that bad. You know, Shanti said the other day, you know, when we get older, we have to realize that things get real. And this is how real it gets. That, remember what the allegations were. That they were fighting because the chemistry student complained that, let me get this correct, that he was losing sleep And he kept hearing the toilet seat move. Now, can you imagine knocking on somebody's door, complaining that their toilet seat was moving? This is why you would have never, he would have never got no bond as far as I'm concerned. Because clearly, something is wrong upstairs. Now, I'm going to let you out, knowing that you have access to chemicals, that could potentially kill somebody? Nah, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That is all right. You're behind and staying in jail. Let me talk to my due time crew, see what they have to say about these stories. You know how we do. Let's say good morning to my girl, Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Good morning, happy Thursday, and where in the world are you getting these stories from? <laughs> you know, it, this is this stuff is crazy, girl. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I am well, thank you. I am well, thank you. You know, we got three cases here of, you know, people acting in a certain manner, and they are going to have to pay, and one has paid. You've got this 18-year-old who gave the girl a gummy laced with marijuana, and he's laughing at this now after she takes the gummy, and she feels faint. She... um has to go to the hospital, and he thought it was a joke. He's laughing. And now he's uh, facing 
this new charge of giving adulterated candy or food. And what do you think the time should be? Or should there be some time given to him? Oh, no, he should definitely serve time. Um, You know, people, enough with the jokes, you know, especially with something like this. You know, you have absolutely no idea how something like that can affect one person. We've seen many of instances where, you know, somebody said, well, I'll just try it, you know. And I know personally of someone who has taken something and their life will never be the same. You know, like they tried it one time and, you know, they're done, you know, and that's the sad part about it. You know, mentally, they'll never be stable. You know, they're always going to have an issue. And we pray that, you know, we understand that, you know, she went to the hospital and she is better, but we still don't know because this stuff still has lasting effects. And how do we know that it could be an issue? Because um, as we speak, the government is trying to now, um, afterwards, you know, try and reclassify um, what they're doing, and they're trying to reclassify, reclassify the difference between medicinal marijuana and recreational marijuana. So, obviously, it has an issue, and he should serve some real serious time. You know, this is not a game. You need to really understand the repercussions of what you did, and I would say a minimum of at least 10 years. All righty, all righty, all righty. It's a lot to think about, a lot to think about. You have this young lady, 21 years old. They say she was, um, the the uh, store employees saw her take bottles of liquor, 21 years old and pregnant. The cops approach her in the car. They tell her to get out. She does not, they tell her, get out and turn off the car. She doesn't do either. Instead, she accelerates and tries to speed off. There's a car, a cop in front of the car, and he almost gets hit. He pulls out his gun. He fires, and he kills her. Neither her nor the baby make it. Grandma says, She would have eventually gotten out of the car. He didn't have to shoot her. And another activist says, you know, young people make mistakes, and you shouldn't have to die from your mistakes. What do you say? You know, I often wonder about things like that, and everybody can give an opinion of what's going on, but you were not there when she was accelerating. You've got some what I'm visualizing based on what you said. You have somebody on the passenger side, you have someone on the driver's side, and you also have an individual in the front, you know, and so how do we know, you know, we don't know how long the person in the front had been in office. Um, we don't know what his range was. So my thing is if she's accelerating the vehicle, obviously, you know, he, it's coming at his direction. So could he see, you know, 
you know, is is it pushing over him and, and he couldn't get to her shoulder? Look, I'm trying to, you know, I'm thinking about myself. If I'm in the front, I'm going to do whatever it is that I can. You know, do I just shoot at the vehicle? You know, he's saying, the grandmother said, or the mother said, I can't, I can't remember which, which it was, she said that she would have eventually stopped. So when is she going to stop? After she's run me over and I'm no longer living? You know, so, you know, you, you got to think about all of the different characters that play a role, you, she would have eventually stopped. Well, as you know, unfortunately, she did eventually stop. The sad part about that is that her life is taken, you know, and so um, when you're not there, you don't know all of the, the circumstances, the situations, you know, and yeah, she made a mistake, but I mean, my thing is she was there. Had she not been stealing liquor, this whole thing never would have happened, and she would have been able to be living um, and the children would have had a parent. We also have to recognize that you, meaning the female, played a role in the passing of her own life. Had she not been there, had she not been doing that, none of this would have happened. All righty, all righty. We're going to see if your uh, fellow due time crew members agree. I happen to personally agree, agree, and agree. I don't understand when you say she would have eventually gotten out of the car. How would you even say that? And that was grandma, by the way. What does it matter that she would have eventually gotten out of the car when she was asked to get out of the car and she didn't? And I'm sorry, What can you help me understand what kind of a mistake you make when you accelerate after being asked to turn off the car and get out? What kind of mistake is that? I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe she pressed Alfie the accelerator was... instead of the brake. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess that's the mistake. Cause I, I'm trying to figure out where was the mistake. So I guess mistakes ain't mistakes for everybody. All righty. The other story out here in uh, Florida where the chemistry student is trying to slowly kill the Abdullah family, including the one-year-old and the unborn child. Now, he intentionally laced the crack of the door, injecting two opioids, now, they let him out on bail. How should he have been let out on bail? And if he should be going to jail, how much time should he get? I just don't get it. I don't I don't understand what's wrong with people nowadays, you know. Um that just the whole thing. So can't sleep because the toilet is making noise. How much how much attention are you paying to, to, to what's going on in my house? You know, because my thing is, I'm thinking about it. We have someone that lives very close, and I'm not paying attention to, you know, how she flushes, when she flushes, you know, if the toilet seat is up or down, you know, if you slam the toilet. That's a lot of concentration. If you're not talking about the child walking back and forth or us walking back and forth, this is your complaint. 
you know, so that's a lot of issues. And then my thing is you totally disregard that, you know, okay, you got to gripe with me, you got to gripe with my wife, but you, I have a baby in this home, you know, and this is what you do. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to God that they had a device, you know, they might have just, you know, a lot of times when people smell things, for some reason, they don't act upon it, you know, like they should. You know, if you smell a gas for some reason, you may go along, you know, a week because, you, you, oh, it's just me. No, it's not you. If you have a smell or something doesn't feel right, you know, I'm glad that they continue to pursue it. I'm glad that they had a device to catch him, you know. And so with this, that's you, your whole mindset is, you know, decrepit. You know, the fact that you came up with this and you deliberately put this here, you know, not even disre- you're disregarding the fact that they've got a baby, you know, if your wife is with me, then take it up with me. You know, that's not how you, you sneaky, you real sneaky. And so my thing is you were willing to even take a life, you know. And so with that, you know, it, it may sound harsh to somebody, but this is how I feel. You you should never, ever get out. Because my thing is if you get angry with somebody else, a girlfriend, you know, a relative, a neighbor, a friend, you know, or someone who you thought was a friend and now you're not getting along. You know, how do I know that you're not going to do that to somebody else? And then if they don't have proof and they pass away, you know, how do I know that you haven't done it already? You know, so, ah, uh, no, you're not getting out. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with this. Um, I'm, first of all, you would have never gotten bond to go out and put and do for some. You didn't pull a gun. This is something that could is extremely undetectable. You know, and and you could be that sneaky and that underhanded, then guess what? You definitely will not be let out into society to possibly kill somebody else. I agree with you 100%. No, you, that would be one mistake you made too many. Goodness gracious. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Tamika. Oh, I'll be back to talk. Uh, let's talk to Brother Al and see what he's got to say, Brother Al. Chop, chop of the morning. Chop, chicken and chop of the morning. How you doing, Pastor Steph? Oh, yeah. I am, like, in awe here of this news, uh, Brother Al. Oh, Thank yeah, you so I hear much. it. And I am just, like, scratching my head over here as to how people could be so hurt, hateful and hurtful. We've got... This uh, situation here with the the young man who tried to kill the young lady, and I'm saying it like that because you don't know what could have happened. He gave her a laced gummy bear or gummy, and he laughed. You know, what do you think the judge should render him? Ah, he should be in prison with Big Bubba. They need to bring Big Bubba to these court things and let him party. Yeah, I want him right there. Yeah, that one right there, the long hair. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's sad because that's what's going on. You know, even here in the school, we have gotten kids who selling these gummies, lakes and stuff. And there was a couple of kids that we had to rush to the hospital. And the crazy thing is they give them a slap on the wrist. And I'm looking at them like, are you serious? I don't care that he's in ninth, wow. tenth grade. He did a crime. You know, wow. and, and and you don't know what you know. You don't know what um, 
uh, the person that, see, and when I explain to these kids, when I talk to them, you know, I said, this kid here that you gave this dummy to, you don't know what their health thing is. You don't know if that person is diabetic. You don't know what it is, but you just figure, I'm going to get this, and it's funny, and I made this little money. What if that person died? You know, I give it to him raw. You know what I'm saying? And he, yes, he should, because it's not funny. You know, you're giving that to somebody, and there's a young lady that lived across the street that happened to they laced some marijuana with her, and she's been messed up ever since mentally. Oh, so you, you should go. You should. You need to go to jail for that. Period. Go to jail. Wow! Wow! Out. Wow! When you say a slap on the wrist, brother Al, what do you mean? Well, what kind of uh, punishment is rendered? Oh my God! Let me tell you. When I first started here, when I first my my first day here at this school. The the next day, I started on a Monday. That Tuesday, they told asked me could I stay after school for detention. You know, some kids got uh, what they call in-house suspension, so they don't they don't stay home. Which I'm glad they stopped that. They don't. They, but what's so crazy? They can't come to school during the day. They have to come in the afternoon, like at two thirty, and stay to about five. So I said, sure, I can make the little extra money. And it was two kids in there, and they, they, you know, I was talking to them. I said, why y'all here? And they told me, oh, we were selling the gummies. I said, well, you said gummies. Because, again, I wasn't didn't know at that time. I'm like, what do you mean gummies? Or it was laced with marijuana and stuff like that. And I'm looking at them, are you serious? I said, what made you do that? Oh, well, you know, I needed money. I said, you couldn't think of anything else to make money. So the only thing they got was a suspension, an wow. in-house suspension in school. And that was it. And I'm sitting there like, and I'm breaking it down to them like, Yo, you hurt somebody because the kids that they sold the stuff to had to be rested at the hospital. And it wasn't like they sold it to other high schools. They sold it to the middle school kids. And they had wow. to be rested at the hospital. And I'm sitting there like, that's it? Just, just uh, an in-house suspension, that's it. I'm like, wow, what? y'all crazy. Wow. That is crazy. That is crazy. And this is why people don't take things as seriously as they should. Okay, well, speaking of which, you have the 21-year-old uh, pregnant mother-to-be and uh, already a mom of two children. You heard the story, you know, and Grandma says she would have eventually gotten out of the car. Another activist speaks and says, you know, young people make mistakes, and you shouldn't have to pay um, for your mistakes with your life. What... I mean, is this is this accurate in your mind? Absolutely not. You know, one of the things people do is they don't look at another situation as far unless it's in your backyard. You know, and people don't see that. What about the cops she was getting ready to run, run over? You know what I'm saying? What about his family? If she was to hit him with that car, because if she accelerated she was going to hit him pretty hard. What if she had hit him and killed him? What if she had broke up his leg? So people don't don't look at both sides. You know, like I tell you, I got family members mad at me now. But my cousin, I tell you, story about my cousin doing 50 years in prison because he went with some people to go kill. And I'm looking at it because I said, I look at it like, what if that was my son that got killed? So people don't look at that other side. The cop told you, okay, you know you was wrong, okay? Cop told you, get out the car, turn the car off, get out the car. You step on the gas to go and hit this cop. 
So he did what he needed to do. I hate that she lost her life, but she didn't think about you. Didn't think about your life. You didn't think about your 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 child or your unborn child. Your thing was, I'm not getting out the car over a bottle of liquor. What you gonna do? Drink it? You pregnant? What you getting for selling? What you even getting liquor for anyway? So I, I hate she lost her life, but you know you should have pulled over. You should have got out the car like they asked you. Wouldn't have happened. Matter of fact, you shouldn't have even stole the liquor. You wouldn't even been in that situation. Oh, boy. What a mess. What a mess. What a uh, series of bad decisions. What a series. Both of you have said it. A series of bad decisions. We will never know why she went to get this alcohol, but regardless of why you went and stole this alcohol, a bad decision, a bad decision which rendered the next bad decision when you got caught and you, where were you going anyway? So had you accelerated and driven off, they wouldn't have caught you. I mean, bad decisions, just rendering just bad decisions all over the place. All right, Brother Al, we now have this chemistry student who tried to pretty much kill the Abdullah family. What do you think they need to do with him? I got two words for you. Big Baba. <laughs> they gave him... <laughs> <laughs> and you said they gave him bonds. I, I don't understand this, this, you know, how do they pick who they get bonds? Because I see some people get made do a little felony crime, and they won't get them bond at all. But then you got somebody who try to kill a family, and you give him bond. No, no, he got to, he got to be in prison. No, that ain't, ain't no bond. You're going to sit there and think about it to a sentence time. Now, how much time should he be sentenced for? Well, you tried to kill a whole family. I didn't see how many people in the family. And that's how much time you get. You're getting 10 years per person. All righty. So he can get a lot of time. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you've got the husband, you've got the wife, and you've got um, you've got the unborn child, and you've got the little one-year-old that kept getting sick. Every time you went and squeezed something in that door, how do you yeah, get that's 40, that's 40 years back? right there. All righty. I, I, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at Tamika either. You know, this, this, had the little girl died, you don't know, this, this two opi- opioids, she was less than one years old. She just celebrated her first birthday. Really? And you let him out on bond? That, that judge needs to go to jail. Enough is enough already. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Oh, thank you so much for indulging me in my news story. This is you know, why yes, we need Jesus. Absolutely, Brother Al. This is why we need Jesus. Because I tell you, you are out of control. Yesterday, we started a conversation, and I was going to um, start another conversation today, but I wanted to talk about this one, this one still. I wasn't, and I, 
I'm not going to carry it over into next week. I want to talk about it today, and I want to see what you thought about it. Tamika started off um, on this conversation yesterday, but I'm going to keep on going down the list. And these are, you know, they took a survey, and these are things that men said were real turnoffs when it came to women. And I just wanted to know what you all thought about this particular, you know, these particular items. Now, we talked about the fact that men said they're turned off by smoking, um, by being unhealthy, by poor grammar. And I wanted to talk about fussiness. You know, men said, listen, you know, they can't stand the picky eaters. You know, when they go <laughs> when they go out, um, you know, and, and they're trying to uh, order something and they're just indecisive and just fussy over every little thing, you know. You know, this, it's a real turn off for them. And we're going to have Shantish join us today, this morning rather, at this particular junction of the conversation. Good morning, Shantish. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? That's good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. Well, you know, we're going to continue our conversation from yesterday. And men said one of the things that they are turned off is just the fussiness. Women just being fussy over every little thing. Uh, We know that that's, you know, pretty broad. But what do you think about that? Oh. Women who make everything so difficult. It doesn't mean that you have to like everything or that you're going to agree with everything. But when you show a man that you're not willing to conform to a lot of the simple things, it turns them off. And it just shows that you're willing to make everything complicated And a lot of times you have to break things down for a lot of men. So already that just (laughs) just sets them off and it's like, all right, she's just making everything complicated. It's definitely going to turn turn a man off. And it should turn you off. You should get tired of you, you know, with with a lot of men. You know, um, it's like, stop, you know, you have to show that, you know, you're willing to conform. So if it's, all right, you know, where are we going to go for for dinner? And, you know, there are times where, ladies, you know, we may not know exactly what we have a taste for. And if you're anything like me, a lot of times my taste buds are not satisfied until I eat what I actually want, even if I'm not sure what I want. But that doesn't have to become our problem. That's just my problem. So just learn how to conform a lot of times so that you don't make everything dramatic. All righty. Uh, Tamika, you know, men said that they are extremely turned off by fussiness, just nitpicking and nothing is satisfying. And, oh, my goodness gracious, they're like, it's too much. Well, I mean, it's- I think in relationships in general, you know, you'll find that on on both sides, you know, and let's not make this a major issue. 
you know, okay, fine, I have a, a moment of decisiveness. You know, you may have a, a moment of decisive indecisiveness yet as well. Don't get angry. You know? uh, Tamika, 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 I, Tamika, Tamika, I hate to interrupt you, but I want us to focus. We're talking about the women right now. We know men can be, you know, they can. We're gonna to get to the men soon, but let's focus and let's stay on topic. So, what do you think about the men feeling that the women are fussy? Well, I said, yeah. um, so um, they're gonna there there are gonna come times when I don't necessarily have it all together. You know, that's part uh, of life. There we go. Don't there we go. make it a major issue to the point that now you're all turned upside down. You know, in time, there are going to come times when I'm not, I'm, I'm indecisive. You know, so let's move on. You know, this is a isolated moment. Every time that I become indecisive, now the world is turned upside down, that, 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 that becomes an issue. Let's not make this a, you know, this, this one moment something traumatic for life. All right. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Address the men about what they're feeling. Tell them off if you need to. All right, Brother Al. You know, on this list, they're saying that the men have, they've listed fussiness as one of their pet peeves. What do you think about the fact that this is on the list? I think it's a good thing on the list. And who likes a fussy woman? And all I said, we gonna say, we gonna I'm gonna stay to the point. Forget all the nonsense. Now you know, once in a while it happens. It, you know, that's 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 life. It happens when you like what Tamika said. You might be, uh, you know, indecisive or whatever. Just day and then that's it. But somebody who's fussing all the time, basically, aka nagging. You're in the car. You're driving too fast. Slow down. Make a left here. Don't you see that light? Make it right here. Back up. Don't you see that person across the street? Will you shut up? You make me mad now. Now you go too far, Tony. Go too far, Tony. Or 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 the one or the one I hate the most, right? Hey baby, what you wanna eat tonight? Oh, I don't know, you picked something. All right, I guess you know what? Let let let's do some Chinese food. I don't want to do Chinese food. You just sat there and told me to pick. You just sat there and told me to pick. Then you're going to tell me you don't want it. You know, like, seriously. i tell you what, I'm going to get me something to eat. You find out what you want to eat. But, yeah, it, 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 can become, it can become a headache if a person is doing that all the time. Once in a while, it's going to happen. That's life. But just all the time, you fussing and you nitpicking it. Oh, no, mm-mm, that's irritating. That's a turn-off. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I'm actually going to jump in on this conversation today because uh, we got a couple of minutes. Um, actually, fussiness is, you know, it, listen, there's quite a few Bible verses that talk about a nagging woman or a woman who, you know, uh, is just annoying. And here's the bad part about it, ladies and gentlemen. It's subjective. 
what would be nagging to one person or fussy to one person is not nagging or fussing to the next person. But one of the things I do want to bring to your attention is it's mentioned in the Bible on more than one occasion, and I think we need to pay attention to that. You're, You're absolutely right when you say, you know, every once in a while, it can happen, you know. I, I, we we talked to uh, Dr. Gordon about the fussiness and, you know, the irritabilities, you know, when we are, you know, in that that PMSing state, and you know, it's real. It's 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 real. It's it may not be as often as men now put on it, <laughs> but it, it it is real. And some people, it's more extreme for some than others because again, it's based on a hormonal hormonal thing and it's individualized. However, ladies, you need to think about something. When the Bible decides that it is going to render its opinion, when God has rendered his opinion on on a woman, it is it is it is better to be on a rooftop, on the edge of a rooftop than to be with a nagging woman. <laughs> you got to think about this thing here. You really need to think about that. And like I said, it is subjective. And I'm, I can't say when it is truly nagging or when it's not nagging because, again, based on how you feel, it could, you know, like Brother Al said, today you could be in a good mood and it wouldn't even be nagging. And then on the flip side, it could be on a bad day and it's like the first thing you say could, like, get on his nerves. But you have to, what what I'm bringing out is if the Bible is mentioning it, mentioning it on more than one occasion, then you need to pay attention to that. And you need to make sure you stay clear of that just because it is subjective and just because it is a possibility that you can be that nagging woman that the Bible is talking about. All right? So once in a while is truly a once in a while thing. But when your once in a while turns out to be every 15 minutes then uh, or every particular subject or every other thing, then we got to be real careful, ladies about stuff like that. All right. A man has I need a that prop- Bible verse. What'd you say? I need them Bible verses. All right, shot <laughs> please. Do me a fa- <laughs> Do me a favor. Look up the um, since I'm not starting with you, do me a favor and it's 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 definitely two, possibly three, but there's definitely two. I do know there's definitely two. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else is on this list? No life goals. A man says when you don't have any ambition, when you don't really have um, a focus, then he just can't get with that. What do you say, Tamiki? You're first on the line for this one. Yeah, well, I, I, I think that that's legitimate. Um, no direction, no course of action, no, um, you don't even know where you're going. You know, it's one thing when you're young, but we are getting older and life is happening and you don't want to be the grandma that's 80 years old saying, welcome to McDonald's. How can I take your order? Because you decided (laughs) that you were going to sit at home and not do anything. You know, um, oh, God. So my thing is, he's got a legitimate right. You have got to get, you know, some friends or some people that, you know, are in a 
higher positions, you know, someone that you can look up to, a mentor, a friend, a neighbor, somebody that can get you in the right mode or the right direction, um, because that that can harm not just a relationship, that can harm you, you know, you, your, your paycheck, your finances, you're always struggling, you know, because you're you, you working just enough to pay the bills, you know, and there's, you know, you, you can't even get what you desire because you're not, you're not motivated, you know, it just, you know, and life is passing you by because there's no motivation, there's no zeal, there's no drive, you know, and that can definitely cause an issue, not just for relationships, you know, family, you, you know, you, you know, I've seen people go to an event, and then they're looking for somebody to pay their bills. Wait a minute. I think you have a job for you. <laughs> my, my, it's not my um, problem to pay your bill. So you went out. We all went to this function. You got there. And now you saying, well, I don't, I'm sitting in the dark. Well, it kind of seems like a personal problem. I can't help you with that. And I, I, I know if it's me personally and you're my friend as a female, I'm having a problem with it, so why wouldn't he? <laughs> All righty. She says she having a problem. Why wouldn't he? All right, Brother Al, this is on the list. A woman with no goals. How does that hit you? Like a ton of bricks. What are you here for? Yeah. You, just, you, you, you have no clue on what you want to do or what you want to accomplish. I don't care if you say, I want to accomplish, I didn't finish school, I want to accomplish that. that. At least that's a goal. But you just basically sitting back. So that means that you ain't going to do nothing but just rely on me. You're just going to rely on me to pay all the bills, do all of this, make all the money, you know. And like Tamika said, then when you when you working at McDonald's, no, no offense to McDonald's, you know. Uh, next, please. What would you have? Do you want lettuce on that? You know, then you... It's like, come on, you know, you have some goals, have some goals, get motivated, you know. So that, yeah, that's a that's a turnoff for me as well. <laughs> Alrighty, so here's what we gonna do. Here's what we gonna do. Shantice, what you got for this? Uh, no life goals. That is one of the top ways you become a nag. You ain't got no life goals, so now you got time to sit and nitpick about everything that doesn't matter in life. And, you know, you people who have ambitions, who are ambitious, people who have goals, it's really hard for them to sit around people who don't because conversations do not align, moods and attitudes do not align. Our sleep patterns don't align because, see, I sleep with intention. You just sleep because you just tired from doing nothing. It, it's not, it's not going to work. It's, it's not, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. How can, you know, when, when you're dealing with a man, you know, your, your job as a woman, even before you're married to him, is to cultivate, is to, you know, enhance. You know, y'all are weak in different areas. Y'all are strong in different areas. So where one is weak, the other is supposed to uplift. If you have no goals, and I hate this term, but if you have no goals, sis, you are not assisting him in anything outside of keeping him with a headache because now you want to eat all, 
eat out all the time. You want to go out all the time because you ain't doing nothing else. And this man has to work and he has to budget and he has to do whatever and you're not helping him. So, no, that relationship is going to go nowhere. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you some Bible verses. We're going to give you some Bible verses. All righty? All righty. Let's talk about laziness, and I'm not going to read them all. I'm just going to get your pen and paper ready. Didn't I tell you always come with a pen and paper? Proverbs 13.4. Proverbs 13.4. The soul of the sluggard craves to get nothing. Craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent richly surprised. Why am I, like, tongue, tongue twisted today? Okay. All right. Proverbs 13, 4. Proverbs 10, 4. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Proverbs 18, 9. Whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. And I'm going to give you those three. Proverbs 13, 4, Proverbs 10, 4, and Proverbs 18, 9. Okay? Let's go back a little bit. Let's get that nagging wife, Brother Al, get that pen out. Ladies, you want to know if the Bible's talking about you if you're fussy and naggy? All righty, and I said naggy instead of nagging. Proverbs twenty one nineteen. Proverbs twenty one nineteen. It is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. Proverbs twenty seven fifteen. Proverbs twenty seven fifteen. A continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. That one hurt. All right. Proverbs 25, 24. It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. All right. Proverbs 119, Proverbs 27, 15, and Proverbs 25, 24. All right? This stuff is biblical. So we talked yesterday. It was said that, you know what, you want to make sure you partner up with God and find out what he wants. I said it again this morning, but I also said uh, yesterday uh, in response to that and in addition to that, that, yo, we got to realize that this is real, and we want these men to have something to look at. Okay? All righty. <sighs> Let's talk about interrupters. On this list, the men said they don't like interrupters. Brother Al, what say you about being on this list? <laughs> oh, and, and, and now from the list that you're reading, I'm taking it as this is something that happens all the time, not once in a while, because, again, that's life. But, yes. Interrupt. I'm in the middle of telling you something. You know, my dad used to do that to me. Oh, he used to kill me. But, of course, you know, I can't say that to my dad. He'd kill me. 
But my dad, I remember my dad would come in. That <laughs> was the funniest thing ever. My dad would come in there, and he would sit down here and say, okay, Al, why did you do that at school? Well, Pop, you know, well, shut up. And I'll shut up. And then he'll yell at me, answer me. You just told me to shut up. <laughs> Wow. So that, was, that, that was the funniest day. But yes, you know, like, um, um, you know, you, you, you may be in a debate or even in an argument with, with your wife or a significant other. And I, I didn't let you talk. Why you keep cutting me off every time I say something? Like, yeah, I let you get your point across. Can I get my point across? That is very irritating. Just like you said, Proverbs 21, 19, I'd rather live in a desert. That was that was stuck out to me, Pastor Shell. That was stuck out to me. Twenty one and nineteen. He'd rather live in a desert. Rather live in a desert. That's crazy. (laughs) That's what I said. You know, we can't dismiss the fact that this stuff is valid. This stuff is valid even to the very God we serve. Oh, Shantese. Interrupters. The men said that they can't stand women who interrupt. Ladies, mainly because they don't really like to talk. You know, a lot of a lot of men, um, they they don't really express themselves. So now, if you are with one who doesn't mind having a conversation, whether it's a calm one or a heated one, by the time you keep interrupting, you just giving them their out to shut up and to not say anything. Because like, see, see, this is why I don't talk. See, you know, just forget it. I don't want to talk about it no more. You just gave them their out. You cannot continue to interrupt them. Give them their platform to say what they need and want to say. Do not keep jumping in. Because a lot of times, ladies, when we interrupt them, we ain't really saying nothing they really need to hear. We just saying what we feel because we want to shut them down. And that's not helping them with their growth. So let them talk and stop interrupting. All righty, all righty. Oh, Tamika, what you got to say about this particular item on the list? I want to talk to, you know, our sisters. Um, Sometimes we may do it without even thinking. It's once in a while when when you do it, you know, that's one thing. But some, some of us have a habit of doing it, you know. And I want you to visualize what happens. If you're, if, if, let's just say, for instance, you engage in a conversation and you think it's vital and somebody decides that they're going to pop you in the mouth every time you say something, every time you open, you get ready to open your mouth, you get popped. I mean, and not like a small pop, like I'm taking my hand towards the back of the room and swinging at you, you know? And so, <laughs> you know, the first time you, you, ow, you know, you, you hurt, you, you hold your, your mouth. And then you get ready to say something again. And I do again. I put my hand way back and pop you in the mouth, you know. And so after a while, you get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm not going to open my mouth. Why? Because every time that I get ready to say something, you know, it hurts, you know. And we don't realize that we're stifling 
you know, the men that we get in relationships with, you know, whether it's, and I'm not even just talking about relationships, you know, uh, filial relationships. I'm talking about brothers. I'm talking about, you know, um, business partners, you know, um, a lot of times we, you know, we, we stifle them. And then when you get to the point where you say, well, what do you think? You know, and even in some situations you say, what do you think? And then you go on and you tell him what he thinks. So after a while, he gets to the point where I'm not going to say anything because you know everything. You got the answers to everything. And so you don't realize the damage that you're getting because there's vital information that you can get. There's things that you can know. There are things that they can help with that you have already stifled because you said, well, what do you think? Well, let me tell you what I think. Wait a minute. He never even opened, his, opened, up, opened up his mouth. And that extra information that you could have gotten you now are now avoided because you decided to stifle that conversation. And to, to you, it wasn't vital. But you, re, you, you, you read kind of what you see, you saw. You know, as for, you know, you could get help with this and you could get access to that and there's more information that you could get. You have no idea the plethora of things that you can get if you simply just let him speak. Sometimes you literally just sit on that thing, you know, sit on your hands if you need to, you know, just kind of quiet yourself because you'd be amazed what you could get just by, just by silencing, putting a mute on that. Just visualize sometimes when you get ready to open your mouth, that somebody's going to pop you, after a while, you'll learn it. <laughs> you'll learn it. <laughs> All righty, get them pens out. Get them pens out. James one nineteen. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Proverbs seventeen twenty seven. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. And it that kind of goes with what the ladies and the uh, Al just got finished saying. A lot of times, if you stop talking so much you would hear some things that would give you a greater understanding. You know, we we always want to know so much. We always want to learn so much. But if we would stop talking so much, you know, let him get it out. First of all, I always say to people, everything don't need a response. You don't have to, every time he says something, then you have a response. You know, the the, the, the word that's being used on you know, is interrupters, which means that every time he goes to speak, and and for the record, Brother Al, this is a list of um, things men were asked, what are some of their greatest turnoffs for women? And, uh-huh. and itemized these things. And yesterday it was very interesting because Elder Nitisha, when it got to her, she went to the fact that, um, you know, God, we need to connect with God pretty much. Um, you know, stop worrying about, you know, what man thinks because man is fussy. And not man as far as male man, but man, you know, people are fussy and people are very fickle. 
And, you know, if we try to jump through hoops, you know, trying to identify with and, and partner up with everything that people want, then we'll never kind of get any rest but partner up with God and let God see what you want. And I'm, and, and that was that was a very valid, a very valid point, um, which is what I was going to say in my closing. However, I put in a, I needed to put an extension on that, and and here I'm gonna. Uh, that's why I wanted to continue this conversation today, because we didn't get an opportunity to really do this. Partnering up with God, this is the very thing we're doing right here. You know, these these scriptures are telling us this is the desire of God. So when we're talking about the things that man you know, that men itemize as things that they don't want, um, you know, and, and that turn them off, well, guess what? These things turn God off too. And a lot of times it's not until man brings it to our attention that it gets the attention. You know, if a man tells you stop interrupting him and y'all keep end up arguing, God's not going to argue with you like that. It doesn't become real. It's when the man keeps arguing with you, and then when you go to your girlfriend and you're like, well, he always says that I'm always interrupting him, and she's like, well, you do interrupt. Now it becomes something that is in your face. So, you know, I know you were mentioning uh, something, so to, to get a clearer understanding, yeah, these are the, the men were asked, they, were, they gathered and compiled this list based on what men said. Now, I particularly held back things that were very fickle because I didn't want to bring things to the table that were truly personal, like short hair was on this list. And I'm like, I'm not bringing that to the table because that's a real personal thing. There's nothing biblical about you wearing your hair short. Um, There's nothing between you and God that's going to make him, you know, displeased with you because you – where your hair short. So I purposely, there were things on this list that I would never bring to the table, only the things that were valid um, for just who we are, just who we are. And and that's why um, I told Shanti to get the, the scripture, but I realized that I could pull up the scriptures on my own as you all were talking, and that way I would leave her to kind of focus on what she wanted to say. So... You know, we, we've got some, you know, some good stuff here. So those are the two verses. Let me give you those verses again. James one nineteen and Proverbs 17.27. Okay. All right. Also, I want to I want to bring up another one. I want to I want to give up another one because it also the interrupting comes with. Anger and arguing. Proverbs fifteen one: A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So that's that constant interrupting when you know you're having a dispute or when you're having a disagreement, and nobody wants to wait for the opposite one to stop talking. Most times, it's us women. So, ladies, Proverbs fifteen one: Add that to your list. I want to bring up one more before we go. And this one is 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 definitely one that I have to say there is an individual that it, this is so true, and I could see you know this could go on the list with the short hair because there's nothing to do with um, 
with anything biblical, but I do want to bring this one up because this one is a funny one. Being unfunny but also laughing too much. A man does not want a cackling woman. That's what it's saying here. What would you say, Shantice? What's wrong with you, girl? What you laughing at? <laughs> you know, because you know, I'm thinking as, you know, a, a woman who has a conversation with another woman who does that. And it's just always this, this laughing, but you ain't really saying nothing. Or I'm not saying anything funny. And I understand that comedy is subjective. But <laughs> there are those times where... There's legit, like, there's really nothing funny that was just said or done, but yet you're sitting there giggling. So now that has me questioning, like, your, I don't want to say your psyche, but your psyche, but, like, your attention span, you know. And, again, you know, men are already complex in a lot, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Nothing's down to them, but it's, you know, a lot of times, it's left up to us for us to analyze them while they're analyzing us. So now if you're sitting there and, you know, trying to have a conversation, it doesn't have to be an intense one, you know, but just a conversation and you giggling about everything. Now, again, ladies, you're helping him to take the focus on what you're talking about because now he's sitting there asking himself, and some men will be bold enough to ask, like, okay, so what's so funny? But not every man is. But either way, now his brain has deterred from the conversation, whether serious or not. So now he was wondering, what's so funny and what you laughing at? And now you were being looked at as a vulnerable head. You know, but no, it, it becomes a very, it goes from being a casual conversation to an intense conversation because now he's sitting there trying to figure out what's wrong with you. Get that under control. <laughs> Tamika, what do you say about that woman who just laughs too much. Yeah, we 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 know that you know when we laugh that is jokes. That's a good thing, you know. Um, but he hasn't said anything funny. You just sitting in the room. <laughs> so you know anybody anybody in the room would, would automatically be like, "What's wrong? You know, what's the matter? What's so funny?" You start looking around the room, trying to see if there's something. Somebody made a movement. Somebody said something. You sitting there in the room laughing to yourself about a joke. And then when, when we ask, oh, oh, nothing, you know, it makes me kind of wonder about your mental psyche or your mental stability, you know, um, finding jokes within yourself and then not being able to share them, you know, because or you give me something and it's way out left field. It would automatically make me question your mental stability, you know, and, you know, for a man trying to engage in a relationship with you, that could be something that he would mostly steer clear of because he's not quite sure where you are mentally, you know, and, and one of the major things in relationships is being in tune with one another. And so if you're tuned out into your own stereo vision or into your own station and he can't find you nine times out of ten, he's going to leave you. All righty, all righty, brother Al, the kikiing and ha ha woman. How does that fare in your world? Yeah, it's funny because I do know somebody like that, but it's it's like it's like Ralph kind of said 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 the Norton. 
you tell jokes, you laugh at your own joke. Everybody sitting there looking at you, you're laughing at your own joke. And, and everything is funny to you. You know, like I said, I know someone who's like that. You could be talking about something serious, and it's just a part of her nature. She'll do a little giggle for you. You tell her, yeah, you know, my boy, he had a stroke and stuff. And she'll do a little laugh, and then she'll talk about it. I don't know. And I look at her like, that's funny to you? I had to get used to her because she's not ha-ha laughing. I don't know. It's just something she does. And it's irritating. Like, when I'm talking to you about something serious, and you <laughs> laughing. You know, like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you may, Do you need to get evaluated? Something going on in there. But that's that's who she is. Like she, <laughs> I'm just saying, it, it is crazy because she, I had to get used to it. Like I said, because I would tell her something serious, or be talking about something that's going on, and she always would do this little laugh, and then she speaks, and she don't mean it's just something she does, and it does it's irritating. Like yo, I'm talking something serious, and you know, especially if somebody who don't know her, they're like yo, you think that's funny? Like you call the issue, somebody ready to punch you in the face. They tell you somebody died and you doing this little laugh. They like, oh, that's funny to you, and but it's just a part of her makeup. I don't like I said, maybe she needs to get evaluated. But yes, that's irritating. <laughs> Very irritating. Uh, you know, it's you know there there are several things that that are actually going on. Um, you know, and and I've I've had to ask myself, brother Al, for the record. You know, first of all, it, so for some women, it's a nervous laugh. You know, they don't know what to say. And so that is offered first to kind of break, you know, the the the, uh, the uh, intensity of what's mm. being spoken about. Uh, that, so that, right. that's one of the things that's been said. So like you said, when she laughs at something that's serious, for her, she's trying to put herself in the mode of speaking on, you know, that particular topic. Number two, you know, there are some women who are just giddy like that, and they'll just be giggling all over the place, and, you know, because they don't like to deal with anything serious. So they'll giggle and laugh and giggle and laugh and giggle and laugh, and everything is just, hee, and, you know, that that's their way of just dealing with life. Unfortunately, regardless of what it is, and there's some other things, but regardless of of what it is, you know, we have to consider the fact that how it looks. And just like everyone has said, it, it really makes someone question, you know, they use the word psyche, I use the word intellect. I know someone who is definitely like that, but when I tell you that girl's got some brains, she's really a very deep thinker. She really um, is very intelligent, but can I tell you, you would never know it. You would never know because all you is, and somebody said, you know, a couple of times, like, all you ever hear from her is a bunch of giggling. And I had to say to them, that girl is smart. But you, somebody has to constantly defend you because that's all you keep doing. Whatever it is, for whatever the reason is, it's something that, you know, I can't imagine. You know, forget about the men. It drives women crazy. And I can't imagine, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I, I'm tell, I've got so many people who have said, you know, in, in my company, in our company, oh, that laughing, that cackling, I don't care. You know she's in the room. 
or you know she's in the house, or you know she's somewhere near, because all you hear is, ah! and it, it, it annoys people. And no matter, unfortunately, no matter how intelligent you are, you look like a bucklehead. So, you know, imagine what that, to an intelligent man, what that must look like. So it's something that we need to consider, and I'm not saying, you know, change who you are, but again, you know, if we want to be marketable, you know, that's something that we do have to think about. And like I said, there are a lot of things on this list I wouldn't even bring to the table because it's just silly. But at the end of the day, again, you know, we do have to consider, you know, what God wants as well as what a man or a woman wants. And we're going to talk about that. So I told Tamika, you know, stay focused because we definitely going to get this list uh, and bring it to the table for the women uh, who voiced and compiled the list of all the things that turned them off about men. And I'd love to really take a microscopic look at that list, but we're going to have it. We're going to have it. But thank you so much, my due time crew, and uh, we appreciate your contribution into today's conversation. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you, too. Thank you. I'd rather be in the desert. Sorry, brother Al. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You know, I, I, I have to tell you, you know, <laughs> a lot of this stuff is biblical. A lot of this stuff that we talk about is biblical. You don't have to keep saying what the Lord said or the Bible says or this is in the Bible or that is in the Bible. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff is in the Bible. Let's get this benediction and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Colossians 3.15. I give God thanks. I give God thanks for his... I don't want to say his versatility, but I do want to say I give God thanks for the fact that God is 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 deep like that, where he's in everything. God is in literally everything. There is nothing, 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 nothing in this life that we will go through that God does not address in his word. Whether men are fickle, women are fickle, people are fickle, because that's the one thing about us not being able to customize and cater ourselves to people. You look at the entertainment industry, and today you're the hottest thing on the market, and the next day you're a piece of trash, they could care less about you. You know, today, you know, if you do this to your body, they love you. If you do that to your body, they don't have any more use for you. So we we really can't customize ourselves around um, around man or, or, you know, man, period. Again, not gender, but just the human race. I, I want to tell you a quick story, something that I found to be very interesting. There was one time where uh, 
I had a uh, I had cut my hair off, and I cut my hair because I was going through. That's when the fibromyalgia had first started, and it was taking my hair out. And I had a girl, uh, a woman, who was married to um, a a very close friend of mine, a, a male. And she came and she said, oh, my God, I love your hair, Steph. It looks so nice. And she said, I've been dying to cut my hair. But my husband called her by name. She said, oh, he would never let me cut my hair. When I tell you, I was like, what? And I just started going off. I was like, I, I don't care. It's my hair. And it, it, it's it's who, what I like. It's not what he likes. And there's no way in the world I would be having somebody dictate whether I could cut my hair or not and, or I could wear my hair long. It's my hair. How you going to tell me, you know, what to do with my own body and blah, blah, blah. And I just went on and on and on and on. And, you know, so we, you know, we all, we talked or whatever. And then, you know, I would say maybe a couple of weeks later, in my private time with the Lord, the Lord said to me, it's not your body alone. When you're in a marriage, it does not just belong to you. He said, you do have to consider what your husband or your wife like. You cannot be storming off and you do something and it's just like the attitude of it's mine it's me you have no say and I don't and I got it I got it I know God was not literally talking about just the fact of you cutting your hair but he was talking about that attitude behind it like I said it could have been you know I want to wear high heel shoes and you want me to wear flats or vice versa it, wa- it wasn't the high heel shoes or the flat shoes. It wasn't color my hair or not color my hair. It was the attitude behind the fact that when you're married, it's not about you. It is no longer just you that reside in this situation. You know, when you're single, yeah, you do whatever you want to do, as long as it's okay with the Lord. But when you are married, you must consider your husband or your wife. And I mean, in my private time, God dealt with me. And it wasn't like he had a, a, a husband, you know, that was sitting right outside the door and said, I'm going to send him through this door and you're going to have to get yourself together. But it was just a quality that he needed to give me, to help me understand also the way I was speaking. You know, as a pastor, I got to be very careful of how I advise people. And she was not my congregant, but I was still a pastor. And in a sense, she's still a congregant, if you understand, if you will. You know, you people listen to what you say. So let's get that together and let's make sure we consult God about everything we do. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to uh, keep your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, 
prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares. Where is Freestyle Friday? Until then, I love you.